Western United. Can they find something here? Big chance for Risha. He's done it again. And it's a goal. Unbelievable. What about this? Dylan Piraeus. His first touch of the game. Sanchez. Western United do claim the three points. And Diamanti again. Oh, he's done it twice. He's kicked a keeper. Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. Oh, another clean sheet, another three points, top of the table. The boys in green and black are absolutely flying. Welcome along to the Green Room here on FNR, Football Nation Radio, proudly presented by Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder. Josh Parrish here, as per usual, joined by my partner in crime, Lockie Flanagan. How are you, Lockie? I'll take partner in crime. I've been called a lot worse, so uh, (laughs) that's all good with me. Um, I'm looking forward to this because two of the most important people from that win on the weekend against Perth are going to be joining us. One in live form and one in pre-recorded form. Yeah, we uh, had a nice little coffee yesterday with Stephen Lustiker over at Penenka Food Store, the adjacent cafe to the new Ultra Football. And uh, he was he was marvelling over the jer- jersey collection. On he was marvelling over the jersey collection. We were marvelling over his jersey collection, <laughs> which it, it will come up in the interview, but just to tease it, a match-worn Andres Iniesta... And a match worn Modric. He didn't get the match worn Modric from playing against Luka Modric. He just bought it. <laughs> this guy has got jerseys coming out of his ears, so um, he's got plenty to share with us. Uh, not too, not too far from now. The uh, the Iniesta one though, that's that's a match day swap. That's pretty special. That's un- that is unbelievable. <laughs> He's had some some cool experiences in his career. We're going to dig into those a little bit later. Uh, but first up, we've got the young man, the speed demon, who opened his account for the season uh, on in the weekend's win over Perth Glory. Dylan Preyas, welcome to the green room. Hey guys, no, thanks for having me. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure, mate. How, how did it feel to, to score your first goal for the year? Yeah, obviously, um, really good. You know, this year uh, I've taken up more of a right wing, what uh, right wing role. Um, you know, last year I was playing more wing back um, and sometimes on the wing, but. Yeah, I'm really happy. It was a bit of a monkey off the back, to be honest. Um, you know, coming off the bench, um, maybe starting a few games in here, I was desperate for that goal just to search for that bit of confidence. And on the weekend, I think I found my confidence and that goal just uh, topped it off. Well, I think that the commentators described it as, you know, uh, you as being the player who deserved a goal no, no more than any other out on the field. And you know, it was a great finish from you, but it was also a pretty good, uh, pretty good cross in from your your fullback Ben Garicha, who himself is a uh, no stranger to scoring decent goals at the minute. Have you written him a, a nice little thank you note for sending that one in on the platter for you? Uh no, nah, me, me and Benny are quite close. We're actually roommates, uh, ah. uh, so we've just got that connection. So when I saw him running down the line, I just knew he was going to find me. <laughs> What was your reaction to his scorpion kick going viral the other week? It was ridiculous. Um, well, I was in the box, like right behind him, so I was ready to get the ball if he wasn't. So I was in the perfect position um, to to witness it. And like in the in the replay, you can see my face. I literally my jaw just dropped, and <laughs> all the whole celebration, the the first minute of the celebration, I literally was just my jaw was open. I didn't even say anything. I didn't scream. I was just like. <laughs> Like, I couldn't believe my eyes, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, Benny absolutely ripped out an unbelievable goal. 
So a bit selfish, really. You got to pass to a teammate or let it go to a teammate in a better position, right? You know, it's a low percentage opportunity. She should be uh, screaming at him. Yeah, well, when you finish it off like that, you got to shut your mouth, I guess. <laughs> well, he said in the the interviews that he did after the game that he's tried that a thousand times in training, and that's the first time that it works. Can you testify to that? Have you been there painfully witnessing his a thousand attempts here at the hangar trying to do that? Um, no, I don't know about a thousand, but I, I actually it was, I have seen him do it before, eight, like a long time ago. But the week leading up to the game, he did try it. Um, <laughs> failed miserably. Uh, it was funny to be honest. So no, nah, he does he does try try and do it, and the one time it worked, it was in the game. So I'm I'm happy for him, and he deserves it. He's a good 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 guy, man. I, I want to see the outtakes, like at the end of the Jackie Chan film, when you see all the face plants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. We have to get the VO footage from the West United yeah. training sessions. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the drone cam. Uh, Dylan, I, I want to go back to the game on the weekend because, you know, another teammate of yours who who did quite a spectacular thing on the weekend was Nikolai Topol Stanley. We saw him gallivant his way out of the centre-back position to uh, to join the attack and and set up Alex Prijevich for that goal. Watching on from, from your position on, on the right... What was going through your mind when you see one of your most senior members of the team, a centre-back no less, just just uh, head forward and, and get into the nosebleed section? What was going through your head? First, I was thinking, what are you doing? <laughs> nah, nah, Topper, he's an ultimate pro. And, um, you know, for 36 years old, I think he's 36, I'm pretty confident. But hey, he, he moves like, like he's still 28. Um, so when he's running up, I was thinking, um, geez, I'm like, here we go. And, um, yeah, no, nah, he, he, he's a machine and I'm, 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 ha- I'm happy for him too, but a bit of, um, facts. He's actually like top, one of the top five quickest in our team, which I think people would be, be shocked about. So he's quite mobile and stuff. So when he started getting those engines going, I was like, here we go. I was, it was good, good to see. Well, I wanted to ask about that because Josh, I believe, described you as a speed demon just as we were about to bring you up. And I was looking over at the camera. I, I saw your eyes light up and the, the, the ear-to-ear grin. Um, are you going to come out on the program and, and, and take that? Because you mentioned that Top is in the, the top five. Are you going mm. to come out and take that spot as number one or is there is there someone else? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think um, I'm definitely... Uh, number one for that. I think the the stats on our GPS um, uh, prove that. But yeah, I don't know. Um, I guess I guess I just was lucky enough to have uh, this natural born pace that was given to me, which my dad likes to claim that he gave it to me. Um, which yeah, apparently he was fast when he was younger. Um, so yeah. Did your dad play football as well? Uh, my dad played a bit of it. Like he started off with. Um, with with soccer, um, and then his um, then um, his dad told him that he's too rough to play soccer, so he started playing uh, AFL football, and uh, yeah, he was quite good. Apparently, he played for Essendon the nineteens and stuff. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that that, that uh, athletic ability does come from him. So do I. I take it that your dad quite enjoys you guys being in and around the hangar then. Yeah, to, to be fair, we're both quarters. So, um, nah, he, 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 he's a big Collingwood supporter, so yeah. 
Oh, sorry, we're going to have to end the Zoom call there. <laughs> Thanks for your time, Dylan. It's been great having you on, but uh, no, no, no Collingwood. We've got a no Collingwood station policy. What, what was uh, what's the hangar like to to train at? Yeah, it's it's honestly it's a world class facility. Uh, I think we're very lucky that Essendon allowed us to share the facility with them, and like they're awesome, and they they let us use basically everything in there. Um, and I think we have a, a great connection with them now, even the players and stuff, um, seeing them around and we learn different things, how to be, you know, we take some of the stuff that they do differently to us and they take some of our stuff as well. Um, and I think it's just a, a good, uh, healthy environment there. So it's great. Well, you speak about a healthy environment that you have between, you know, yourself and the, the footy club and Essendon. But it seems that even if you guys were just left to your own devices, the uh, vibes, if you'll allow me to, to borrow an Alinoism, uh, seem very, very good in the changing rooms at the moment. You know, it's, it seems like it's really fueling um, you know, the results and the performances that you guys have been able to put in, that, that changing room atmosphere. Yeah, no, nah, look, I've said it before in other interviews that this is easily the, the best bunch of boys that I've ever been with. Um, you know, I think there's a, like a real family sense in the change rooms and like, I don't know, like everyone gets along. I don't know anybody that doesn't get along with each other. And I think, um, in preseason, uh, I think we started to realize, Hey, like we're a decent team here and we started to believe. Um, and then at the start of the season, we're winning games and that belief just grew. And then our, you know, our, morale and our, our team spirit and everyone just got closer and you know we started to realize hey well we're a good team man like we can we can make something of this year and it's all about that belief and now proven now we're on top of the table uh just in front of city with the game in hand behind them um and yeah i i, I would say you know we're going to do great things this year Let's talk about you and your positions that you've played over the course of your Western United and, and football career generally. Always been a versatile player, right back, right wing back, right wing, up front even. Uh, yeah. What's your preferred position? Do you even have one or is it just on the park? Uh, look, I love playing all those positions, but I'd probably say right right wing is probably most suited to me. Um, yeah, you know, at first I started off as a right back um, and then as I got older, I think I started to realise that I had a real um, attacking sense to my game, more so than my defending. And then, obviously, I played wing-back, which was, I think, a, a really suited position to me. Um, um, but then this year, uh, Aloisi went into 4-3-3, and, um, you know, I'm definitely more of a winger than a, than a, than a proper fullback. And, um, yeah, I'd probably say fullback's my favourite position. I mean, a uh, winger. Sorry, <laughs> he's not quite sure. <laughs> does it does it help to to have? I can only imagine it helps to have a manager who agrees with you in terms of like he thinks that your p- best position is the one that you enjoy playing the most. How have you found that experience of uh, of working with Johnny this season? No, nah, it's, it's been great. Um, you know, um, when he got appointed coach, um, I never knew him before that, but I heard a lot of good things about him. Obviously, I knew who he was, um, and I was just excited and. Um, yeah, like when I got told, look, we're, we're looking at you as a as a winger. That's what we think you are. I was, think, I was very happy because that's the position I wanted to play. Um, and yeah, they've worked closely with me and the other wingers, um, and really um, shaping me into a proper winger. And I think um, this year I've learned so much how to play that proper 
uh, right-wing role, even left-wing. Um, and, yeah, it's been great. Do you even remember the Aloisi penalty, or were you too young for that? Come on, man. Of course I do. <laughs> it would have been one of your first football memories, though, right? Were you five, six? Yes, yeah, five. I was, I was five. Um, funny because I remember me and my other – got an older brother who's 25 and a younger brother um, who's 20. And uh, we all played football when we were younger, and we actually bought that match on DVD. And me and my younger brother, I remember we used to play that 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 penalty that he scored over and over, and we used to run around the house. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it was pretty crazy um, that when he, I found out he was going to be my coach, I just kind of chuckled to myself, and it was just like, wow, I was watching him running around like an idiot at five years old with my top off, watching that goal on replay, and now as my coach. So, so when you found out when when it was officially announced at John Wesley Coach, you didn't you didn't put the DV, DVD back in the player and just give it another watch. It's probably you can probably get it on YouTube now. <laughs> yeah, probably on YouTube. No, no, I didn't. I, I reckon I watched that penalty shootout about three times a year on YouTube. By the way, just <laughs> I, I watch it, and half the time I watch it, it's not even for the penalty. Uh, all no disrespect to John, it's for Craig Foster just losing his marbles in the in the background. Just, are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> Yeah, that it's the audio is actually perfect. <laughs> yeah, I think it yeah. summed up everyone's feelings at the time. Uh, Dylan, on this season, you know this group is really gelling together now, starting to click up front as well. You know the defence was the talk of the uh, talk of everything at the start of the season, but you know starting to, to put some goals away and, and create more chances now. Uh, has this team reached its ceiling yet, or is is there more improvement to get to? Um, no, I think you know. There's always a room for improvement. Um, we're not perfect, but uh, I feel like, you know, Foxy, our assistant coach, and uh, J.A., our third assistant coach, and uh, Aloisi really focused on that defensive structure because I guess that's like the backbone of, of the team. And, you know, if you don't concede goals, you're not, you're not going to lose. So we we worked on that very heavily and shown through the season you know we're a very very hard team to break down um i think we're very disciplined and that's a credit to the coaching staff who have um, implemented and drummed that into our into our head and then they always knew you know we have the players up front that have the quality to be able to score and that will eventually come with confidence and you know i think we've scored oh, don't quote me on this but i think it's 11 or 12 goals in the last uh 6 games so we're starting to pick up that um, that form in the front third to re- to really punish teams. And um, yeah, I think this is not the ceiling. I think uh, we're going to be even better uh, weeks to come. Well, I-, I wonder if that uptick in goals as well has anything to do, and I dare suspect that it does, with the introduction of a, a fully fit Alex Prijevic, you know, to lead the line and, and getting injected into that into that striker position, how are you finding, um, you know, working with Alex? You know, he's he's a pretty, from what we've seen so far, a pretty incorporative player. Likes to likes to bring other players around him in. Yeah, like Alex is great, man. Like um, he just needed some time to really uh, work on his fitness and his body, and um, you know, he's a real confident, um, confident guy, and. Um, he, he, he just needed some time and it clearly shown he, he's banging in the goals now. And not only that, he, he's, fit, he's fit now. He's holding up the play for the boys. He's including other players. Um, you know, he's, I, I personally think for a striker, he's quite um, unselfish. Mm-hmm. 
um, which is great because he brings all the other boys into the play. And uh, when he gets his chance, he finishes them off. So he, he's been a, a great inclusion into the team and he's, he's been a, also a great guy as well. Um, he's always, you know, talking to us and, and stuff like that. So he's been a really good uh, inclusion to the team. I remember he was one of our first guests this season, maybe yeah. the first one. Yeah, and, I think he was. Uh, I asked him a question about his sort of lethal finishing, but I think the phrasing in my question sort of, uh, it seemed to hint that he was some sort of goal poacher of fox in the box type who didn't really have much business elsewhere. And I remember he sort of looked at me and responded, I hope I can be more than this. And he is, he's much more than this. Uh, you know, he's assist for the, uh, for the Garuccio goal was it was the little outside of the foot cross is almost as spectacular as the finish itself. So you know he's really hitting some form, which is which is fantastic to see. Um, how far is is Rene Krajinov from contributing regularly? We're starting to see him come into the first team picture now. Yeah, he he needed some time as well, probably more than Pruvic. Um I remember talking to him and he hasn't played a game apart from the few times recently coming on. Before that, he didn't, he hasn't played since last year, April. Mm, yeah, well. So that, that's a long time. So he needed to work on his body and he's a pro. So he knew he probably could have come in earlier, but he goes, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not ready yet. I know my body. And um, yeah, he's going to, it will take a bit of time for him to find his feet. But even when he's been coming in and stuff, he, he's a great player in, in training. Um, yeah, he's a bit of a razzler. And I think... Um, you guys will see it when he starts playing consistent game time and gets more fit. You will see, um, yeah, he's quite very neat and tidy and nifty on the ball. Rene the Razzler, I think we've got to get that guy. Uh, I'm I'm happy to I'm happy to work that in anywhere I can. I'm glad you brought up Rene though, Josh, because uh, Dylan, I'm, you don't know this, but from our starting from our interview with uh, with Steve yesterday, which will be airing later in the program, I've been trying to investigate something on behalf of the footballing public. You may have noticed that all of the Italian-speaking, you know, um, players with Italian backgrounds on their Instagram stories keep on saying yeah. this thing, 50-50, 50-50. And it, it, all my group chats have been exploding, wanting to know what this means. I asked Stephen Lustig yesterday. He couldn't tell me. He says he just skips through Diamante's Instagram stories because there's too many. Do you have any intel on the origin of 50-50? What does it mean? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm kind of like Lusty. At the start, I was watching all his stories. <laughs> now, mate, he's a menace on there. He's 400 stories a day. <laughs> Ugh, man. I've, every time I go on my stories on Instagram, I know deer's coming up on doing these ones just as quick as <laughs> I know it's about 40 minutes long. Uh, I, I can't really understand him, but if I did, maybe I would, uh, I would uh, watch all of them. But no, he, he's a great guy, man. Yeah, he's he's great value. It doesn't really matter what he's saying. It's just the general the general vibe, the general feeling is just, just lifts yeah. everyone's spirits, right? Yeah, he does, he does. I don't speak a word of Italian, but sometimes I will just watch the story anyway. It's like I don't know what you're saying, but uh, you are having a great time saying it and, and that's <laughs> enough for me. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dylan, uh, you're actually a Western Suburbs boy, aren't you? You grew up in the area. What does it mean to, to represent Western United having having grown up here? Yeah, obviously it's very special. I've been in the West uh, my whole life, um, I, I lived out in uh, Hillside around Taylor's Lakes, Keelor, uh, growing up. And then uh, we moved to Caroline Springs. And, um, yeah, when I was at City and heard there was going to be a West team, I was really excited and, and hoping they meant West of Melbourne because there was talks that it was going to be a Geelong team. 
Um, and when I found out it was um, going to be a West of Melbourne, like representing the whole from Geelong to Ballarat, all that side of Melbourne, I was really excited. And, um, yeah, it obviously means a lot to me. It's, it's Honestly, it's like I'm playing for my home club, like literally. So, you know, I, I love Western United and, um, yeah, I think it's my third year now here and I love it. Oh, that's so good. I mean, where, where did you grow up? What's your uh, what's your backstory, I guess, with your, the football clubs you've played for and, and the suburbs you lived in and so forth? Yeah, so I lived in Hillside and I played for Killer Park uh, Soccer Club, uh, which is right around from the hangar right now. And, um, yeah, I played there from like six years old to about 11, 12. And that's when I moved to Spring Hills Soccer Club, which is right across the road from my house basically. And um, then from there, I started playing like state teams and stuff. So, yeah, I started off just doing that. And then obviously at 14, 15, that's when I got picked up by the Melbourne City Academy uh, for the under-20s. Um, and, yeah, and obviously I was playing um, like representing Australia at under-16s, 17s, 18s. Um, and then I... Signed my first pro at City, and then I moved on to Western United. So playing for the Australian youth teams, so forth, you play for the Ollie Roos and everything. I mean, what does it mean to you, to you to pull on the green and gold? Is it something that you're striving for again in the future? Yeah, of course. Um, that's I think every young football in Australia is their dream to represent their co- their country. And um, you know, when I represented the first time at the Under 16s Australia, it was like the best moment of my life. I remember clearly walking into the change room in Cambodia when we travelled there and uh, seeing my name on Australian jersey. I was, um, yeah, quite starstruck and I couldn't believe it. And then kept playing, um, obviously representing the 16s, the 17s, 18s, the 19s, uh, the 20s, and obviously not too long ago, the 23s. Um, yeah, it's quite special. I'm very humbled and uh, grateful that I was able to, to do that. And obviously... Of course, my goal is to try and uh, get into the Socceroos. That would uh, just be amazing. It just seems, you know, he- hearing you speak, Dylan, playing for a club who represents the area where you've grown up, playing the position that you want to be playing, back on the score sheet, it just seems like it's a really good fit. And you-, you seem like a person who is really comfortable and just enjoying their football at the moment. Yeah, like... Um, yeah, I am. Lately, I have been enjoying it. Um, you know, I've started the last three games, uh, which I've been happy about. Um, and obviously getting on the score sheet, that's, um, you know, what more can you ask for? Um, and I think it's generally just, I just enjoy going into the club every day, seeing the boys, training's great. Um, yeah, I'm, re- I'm really content uh, right now with my football. It's good. It's it's just it's nice to hear. It's nice to hear. A lot, a lot of players keep their cards very close to their chest, but but Dylan, the, the emotion's very clear with you. And um, looking ahead to the game this weekend in Ballarat against the Newcastle Jets, um, yeah, a team that some people refer to as as the box office Jets. You know, they like to play a very aggressive brand of football. Uh, how how do you see them? Uh, you know, we know that Western United uh, have been very solid defensively. You guys are starting to grab more goals as well. How do you see this opponent? Do you think they're a, a good fit for what you guys bring to the table? I think every game is tough um, in the A-League. Um, but I think Newcastle Jets are, I don't know if I would say they're an underrated team. 
Um, I, I, I think where they are on the ladder doesn't represent how good they are. Um, you know, I'm a fan of the A-League. I watch all the A-League games and they're looking pretty strong. And they're, yeah, I know one thing, they work their butts off. They're aggressive. Um, you know, they're good going forward. They're going to be a really tough opponent for us, I reckon. And we're not taking it lightly. We know they, um, they're, they're, they're really, they, they can hurt us. If we're not switched on or we're not ready or we take them too lightly, we'll lose that game. Um, so we're ready. And, you know, they've got a striker in, in Becca Mikkel Tadze, second in the goal-scoring chance this season. Um, their Brazilian attacking midfielder, Daniel Pena, likes to shoot from about 30 metres every time he gets the ball. So he's one to watch out for as well. So it should be a really entertaining game. I'm looking forward to it. 3.05 p.m. kickoff at Mars Stadium in Ballarat. I know a number of the FNR crew are heading up be, for I'm the game. There. I'm there. I'm bringing my family along. My family moved to, to Ballarat not long ago. So I've, I'm insisting they come along. Watch, uh, watch this game because I reckon it's going to be a cracker. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, super excited. Dylan? It's going to be a great game, I reckon. Well, thank you so much for, for making the time tonight, Dylan. We really appreciate you sharing all that with us. And uh, congratulations on your goal. Congratulations on, on cracking into the starting 11 in the past few games as well. And we wish you the best of luck this weekend in Ballarat. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. We'll go to a short break here on The Green Room, but something very exciting coming up afterwards, Lockie. Yeah, a bit of cafe with Stephen Lustiger, the Jersey Tour. It's all coming up. Yes, make sure you stick around for our chat with Stephen Lustiger at Panenka Food Store, the uh, the cafe off Ultra Football. We caught up with him yesterday and had a great natter of uh, about his career and uh, and his his football fandom as well. So, uh, so stick around. Uh, this is The Green Room, the official Western United Club show, coming to you live on FNR Football Nation Radio. Here with Western United midfielder, goal scorer extraordinaire in the purple patch of his life, Steve Lustiger. Welcome to the green room. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you out here at Panenka Food Store. You've been around this, this part of the world before? Yeah, I have. I've, I came in a few times here. Um, the old football when it first opened, and the cafe here, and it's, you know, it's unbelievable, uh, unbelievable setup here. You know, we've got the great facilities there, great, great store there, and cafe. And yeah, it's, it's a really good setting here. Uh, Sorely tempted by the artificial pitch, Lucky. I think we're going to have to go yeah. for a kick afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, I've been to the one actually in Sydney as well. Um, they've got a pretty cool pitch here, but this one looks pretty pretty cool. And wouldn't mind getting on there for a few, few shots of foul. <laughs> yeah. well, if you're in the form that you're in, uh, we can't blame you for wanting to have a few, few cracks at the target. What's yeah. the secret? What's what's clicked this season? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. I mean, you know, it's, I'm not playing really in an attacking position to sort of, you know, scoring goals in any position. I've been playing mostly as all the games, but... We're playing as you know, holding Mikula with um, mostly with Phil Kenny as as a two six as we play, um, and you know, in that position, you know, we're not really, you know, you, you don't really get forward that much and get really opportunities to score. But you know, we do all, a lot of the running, a lot of the dirty work, um, you know, building up from the back. But I found myself in a few, you know, goal scoring positions. Um, you know, I do like to get on the edge of the box and try get myself in those positions, and you know, I found myself in those positions so far this season, and you know, I've scored a few goals, which is, which is good. I think maybe coming from that deeper position in midfield sort of helps you in terms of getting forward to score those goals. Like sometimes your your attacking midfielder isn't necessarily tracking you, and you're yeah, just well, able to ghost. It is, yeah. It's definitely um, a position where you are tracked. You know, if you're making late runs in the box, and you know, I do like to find myself in those positions because 
you know, I do fancy myself, you know, throughout my career, I have scored, you know, goals from midfield. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm playing a lot more of a defensive role this season and I'm enjoying that a lot. Um, you know, I've got a great partnership with Neil at the moment and, you know, we're working well together. Um, but like I said, you know, I've popped up in a few positions there and, you know, had a crack and they've gone in, yeah. Your cousin is Steven Ugarkovic, is that correct? Yeah, yeah, no, Steve's my first cousin, yeah, yeah. Unreal. So two of the uh, A-League stalwart central midfielders. What's it like coming up against your cousin on the pitch? Yeah, no, it's good. Yeah, it's, we, we've come against each other a few times now, to be honest, um, when I was at Brisbane Raw and then Wanderers and now at Western United. So um, definitely, yeah, we grew up, you know, in the, mm. in the backyard. Like he, 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 was, he, he was born in Sydney, I'm from Canberra, but obviously we spent a lot of time together. Mm. Um, and you know, we grew up, you know, kicking the ball uh, together in the backyard, competing with each other, you know, a lot of training sessions together we did, even though he was you know, a few years younger than me, we still, you know, grew up in that football environment, the football family, which, you know, ultimately, you know, helped us become professional football players. It's crazy how, like, full of coincidences life can be, not just the fact that your cousin's a professional footballer, he plays in the same league as you, same position as well, but you're also both quite versatile midfielders in terms of like being able to play a lot of different roles. Obviously, you've been playing as a six recently. You were put forward into that 10 position on the weekend. How do you manage like fitting into all those different roles in midfield? Is it just experience? Yeah, I think just experience. You know, I'm comfortable in, in all positions. You know, I'm obviously a central midfielder, but I'm comfortable, you know, as a six and eight and, you know, whatever role. You know, the coach wants me to play or the team's playing, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable in all those positions. So, you know, obviously with experience as well, you know, understanding the role, what the, what, what the coach wants from you, um, you know, obviously, you know, playing abroad as well and playing in different leagues has obviously helped that as well. So, um, in terms of that, for me personally, it's not a problem playing in, in different positions. Well, let's talk a bit about that experience. You know, sort of Got your first break at Gold Coast United back in the day, and then the overseas crack came out of the blue to, to Hajduk Split, a massive team in Croatia. Are you a Hajduk fan? Yeah, massive Hajduk fan, yeah. It, I read there was a family connection to Hajduk as well. Yeah, my um, my grandfather's cousin was a, was a legend of the club, a uh, right. former player and a former coach, so um, yeah. Third highest appearance holder, yeah, Slavko. That's correct. Yeah, he won championships as a coach as well. And a lot of goals for us. Scored a lot of goals for them as well. So it's definitely a club. It, it must have been unreal for you to to pull on that same jersey and, yeah, and share those experiences. Yeah, growing up, you know, supporting Hajduk Split, it's it's not you know just like a typical club. You know, you're sort of born supporting Hajduk, and I was sort of I was definitely born, you know, when I grew up. I, Straight away, you know, my father he still did me, hey, looks split, that's the, that's the team that we support and you know, he's got no choice and you know, obviously going there as a youngster as well, I went there as a seven, eight year old on holiday, experiencing going to the stadium, watching them play, um, experiencing the atmosphere, the fans, how much the club means to the city, to the region in Croatia, it's, you know, it was something really special and eye-opening and you know, I was, like I said, a massive, massive fan growing up and you know, I went there a number of times throughout, like, you know, as a teenager and, you know, boys, I always said, I want to play for Hayek Split. That was, you know, I was never like Barcelona, not Manchester United or, you know, one of the top clubs. It was, I mean, it was for some reason, it was Hayek Split. That was the club that I wanted to play for. And fortunately for me, it was, you know, obviously during my truth to be able to play for them and uh, playing some big games there as well as, you know, a young player. Mm. Definitely a great experience and something that I'll never forget. 
you bring up the subject of big games and in the main area here at Penanka Food Store there's a little mural to some of the, the games greats and a few of them have uh, you know listed in their former clubs Inter Milan and of course you got to play against Inter yeah, at no, San Siro, played, take uh, us through that experience. Two league game, first league, I was on the bench. We lost 3 0. Um, we got smashed 3 0. Um, it was a full stadium, unbelievable atmosphere. I think Coutinho, pretty sure he scored that game. He played for Inter Milan at the time. Yeah. They had a top team, Schneider, Melito, Zanetti. They had a Cambiaso, they had a really unbelievable Well, team. that was the team that won the Champions League and mm. everything. Yeah, yeah treble. It was pretty much it. Um, most of those players, yeah. And then we went to the San Siro with a 3 0, you know, lost going to that game. And we ended up winning that game 2 0. Um, so we were just one goal short of going to extra time and I came on that game at San Siro which was an unbelievable experience to come on there, it was you know, 40, 45,000 fans there, um, it was a great experience. But the biggest game you played in for Hydrox Split has got to be the derby, right? Yeah, the derby was unbelievable. I mean, another big one was against Barcelona. That was actually my first game. That was the 100th anniversary yeah, of the club the and you made your debut yeah. against Iniesta. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was unbelievable. So that was my first game, came on uh, last 30 minutes and pretty much I've been marking yesterday that whole second half and we drew new law um, that game. That yeah, you did your job then? Yeah, we did our job to be honest and it was, uh, they had a good team now. You know, I think uh, they only missing Messi and one or two other players, but all the other players played. That's when Pep was coached there and I remember Pep gave our team a big wrap after the game saying, you know, he was really surprised at the level of the team and you know, the atmosphere of the stadium said so he never experienced anything like it. And it's come from Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Um, you know, the atmosphere was unbelievable, obviously. Sold out stadium, celebrated 100th year anniversary. It was, you know, I get goosebumps thinking about it. Was there a particularly like big lesson you took out of marking and, and following Andres Iniesta around the, on yeah, the pitch? I was, you know, I was 20 year old making my debut, sort of you know, in awe of him, but knowing that he'd absolutely got a job to do. And, you know, I did, you know, I was obviously very nervous my first game, you know, full stadium. Um, but did, did all right, so I was pretty happy after the game. Did you go for the shirt swap? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you got it still? Yeah, I got oh. it. It's amazing. Wow. <laughs> That's got to be a treasure. There might be a few people who come to Penenka who might be thinking about trying to steal that jersey. So, the derby against uh, Dinamo in Croatia is the, the be all and end all. It's, it's live or die, essentially, and, and the ultras you know, really get into it, obviously. It's a pretty intimidating atmosphere. Do you, do you think having the, the surname, oh, I guess they say uh, Lushtica over yeah. there, but uh, did that help you with with your your uh, relative being a legend of the club that not put really, you in the good books? Really. No? Honestly, you judge judged purely on your own performances. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, you know, there is a bit of a background there and that, um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you've got to obviously perform. And, and They're a pretty demanding group of fans, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, like I said, leading up to that derby game, we, we actually went away for a whole weekend on an island across from Split, um, just to get away from Split, um, wow. just to have our own sort of, and even over there, you, you still, there's fans everywhere, you know what I mean? Anywhere you go around. Because uh, Split is the perfect getaway, it's paradise basically, yeah, but you have yeah. to get away from the supporters exactly, and the leader. Even when you go away, there's still, Hayden's got support all around Croatia, so wherever we went, we were bombarded um, by supporters, um, but yeah, just the, the lead up to the, to, to the Derby, Derby week is, is you know another experience as well that we experienced, and um, yeah, it's, like I said, it's something that I'll forget. Yeah. 
It's funny, we, we interview a lot of players here and some players it's, it's just a job for them, you know, they, they do their job and they totally check out off the pitch and so, some players seem to, to live football off the pitch as well and it's a, their hobby and their obsession as well as their profession. Which camp do you fall into? Definitely the <laughs> I, I could yeah. guess from well, the way you're speaking. Yeah. Before, the, the little insight into behind the scenes, when, when Steve first arrived, one of the first things that we talked about was the NPL Victoria. I don't, I don't think you start talking about the NPL yeah. unless you are dead serious about, about well, football in the country. I mean, you know, family. I grew up watching the NSL, you know. Because your dad played for Canberra. Yeah, my, my, my dad played in the old NSL for Canberra City. Uh, and yeah, he, he, he introduced me to the game. You know, he, he's the one that you know, introduced me um, and I fell in love with the game. And like I said, you know, Growing up in Canberra, you know, we didn't really have much football. So, you know, I used to watch, you know, the NSL. We used to drive to to Adenza Park, which Sydney United. That was the team I supported. My old man used to drive me to Canberra there, and we used to watch a lot of their home games. So, you know, I was, you know, I could name in those generations nearly every player, you know, in the NSL. You know, I'm pretty mad at football. I remember every Tuesday afternoon, I would wait 4 p.m. For soccer weekly, um, the newspaper that coming out. You know, I've got them at home. I've got about hundred of them still in boxes. That's you know, great. so yeah, I'm, I'm obsessed. Yeah. So if if Western United are ever doing a trivia night, that you are the person that, that everyone else wants on the team. Yeah, for, for NSL <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff, no problem. What's the camaraderie like in the group at the moment? And the, the because you're top of the table, mm. something's got to be going right. Yeah, it's, it's great at the moment. You know, we like I said, we, we, we you know, I keep saying we start the season more, but you know, it's not the start of the season. We're you know, midway through the season now, and we're still we're still performing very well. You know, and it's not by chance that either. You know, I know a lot of people are talking about the one nil victories. You know, maybe a bit of luck here and there. I can guarantee you, it's definitely not luck. You know, it's a lot of hard work, um, a lot of preparation a lot of discipline that's gone into, into those results. Um, you know, like I said, we had a great pre-season. John's come in and, you know, he's, he's been great with, with the boys. Um, you know, he's, he's given the boys a lot of confidence as well um, to go out and, and enjoy. And obviously, you know, he's brought in his structures as well that, that we all follow, obviously. Um, and, you know, there's a reflection of that on the field with, with, with the results so far. We, we can see, obviously, for our own eyes, the, the differences that, that John coming in has made. Uh, on the pitch, but I, I want to dig a little bit deeper into this sort of off-field culture because every single player that we speak to on this program seems to be speaking really glowingly about the atmosphere in the dressing room and the buy-in that the players have got to what's John, what John's bringing to the club. Obviously, you've been here for a few years, experienced different managers. What do you think have been the, the big changes that, that John's made specifically to sort of make that dressing room environment a, what seems like a really fun place to be around? He's come in and straight away he's, he's brought a positive energy amongst the group. You know, he hasn't put any any demands on or expectations in terms of we got to you know we got to we all know that we want to we want to, everyone wants to win, win the championship, win the grand final. That's that's that same. You know, so we've taken a step by step. Gradually we, we, we've been building and, and, that, and we, we've, we've seen that with our with our, um, with our performances and results, but. You know, John's come in and like I said, he's brought a you know togetherness where everyone's together, everyone's on the same path, everyone's everyone believes in, in what he's what he's um, the information that he's giving us and like you said, everyone everyone's on the same wavelength. Um, mm. and everyone's believing. That, that's the biggest thing. The group's really strong, really together. Um, and like I said, there's, there's a lot of positivity around around the playing group at the moment. 
uh, and, you know, really enjoying it as well, you know, there's, mm. there's really enjoying it, you know, you never get sick of winning games, you know, yeah. and especially after the dressing room where we'll sing our theme song together, you know, it's something that we look forward to and you never get sick of that feeling, that winning feeling, doesn't matter, you know, you play well, you don't play well, ultimately that winning feeling, you, you, you can't beat that, and, you know, we've sort of, you know, we, we, we've made that good habit so far of, you know, singing that song at the end of the game, mm. you know, it's brought the group closer together and you know I'm sure that we'll continue to work hard and continue to you know strive for those results. Yeah well I think I think most people have seen and enjoyed watching those um post-match celebrations in the change rooms and some of the players seem to enjoy you know quite a lot maybe a little bit too much you, you've got a few eccentric characters in the dressing yeah, room do you think that helps? Yeah we do yeah we've got, we've got, we've got a mixture of a lot of different characters which is good you know We've got you know, Diamante, and we've got Lockie Wales, and we've got Ryan Scott. We've got, I mean, let's just name some players, but, you yeah. know, the, the group's really, um, it's a positive group, yeah. It's, it's really a lot of positive energy, um, and, yeah, it's, it's, all, it's all working well. So what's the plan for your career then? You've signed on for another year at Western United. Um, you know, easy decision for the club to sign you up again, considering you're scoring so many goals from midfield. Uh, but is this somewhere you want to stay for, you know, the foreseeable future? Yeah, look, I'm enjoying myself, you know, at Western United. Ever since I came to the club, I've really enjoyed my time, time, time at Western United. And for now, it's just, you know, step by step, you know. Um, you know, I was just signed up for another season and, and looking forward to to staying on at the club. And hopefully we can have some success and, you know, win some trophies, which is ultimately what, mm. what, what we want to do. Um, so uh, at the moment in my career, you know, I'm just focusing on that, not looking too far ahead and we'll see what happens. Well, you mentioned the, the trophy intentions. How do you look at, at what remains of the season? Obviously, it's still super tight. There are plenty of teams to play catch-up games, but you guys at the moment are the front runners. How do you see the, the, the remainder of the season? Are you just taking it one ta game at a time? One game at a time. You know, there's some quality games there. You know, Melbourne City, Sydney FC, you know, Melbourne Victory. You know, there's, there's, every, every game in the league is hard. You know? um, so definitely, taking it game by game, you know, we've got a busy schedule coming up now as well. You know, like I said, for us, it's just step by step. You know, we're not putting any pressure or any expectations on ourselves. We just want to keep improving, keep performing, and I'm sure the results will follow. Well, we wish you the best of luck uh, in Ballarat on the weekend, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the season as well. Western United, top of the table, keep scoring, keep winning. There's something special coming at the end. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. So, no, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR, Football Nation Radio. What a pleasure to catch up with Stephen Lustica, or Lustitzer as they say in Split, over a very nice cup of coffee at Penenka Food It was store. a very good cup of coffee. I have actually. to say, do recommend that place. Uh, attached to Ultra Football, 
Uh, it's a pity, uh, you know, we didn't get Stephen out on the the artificial pitch there to have a few cracks of goal. I actually, I actually think that's that's another thing to add into the the, uh, the little content whiteboard that we have out in, <laughs> out in the green room, our green room, not the program, the green room, just to, be, just to clear up any confusion. Uh, add that one and a tour of Stephen Lustiger's jersey wardrobe. Mm. We'll pick some out and, and get him to explain significance. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Um, not the Cotton Eye Joe part. That's not important. But um, I think those are two things to add to the add to the content whiteboard. Big thanks to Penanka Food Store. Big thanks to Simmons Homes, the great Australian builder, for uh, supporting this program each and every week. Uh, before we go today, I think we should look ahead to, to Saturday's game in Ballarat, 3 p.m. kickoff uh, at Mars Stadium against... The box office jets, as you called them earlier. Well, lovely. I don't call them that, but, but people... Some have. People in Australian footballing circles have been known to refer to them as the box office jets. They are a swashbuckling team. You know, they, they take are? a lot of risks. Sometimes they make terrible, terrible mistakes and goals go in. But, you know, that, that's the approach they take under, under Arthur Pappas. Mm. You know, defensively, not particularly sound this season. They haven't been getting the results. But that doesn't mean... They're not a good team because there's been plenty of games that I've seen Newcastle play this season where they've been tremendously unlucky not to get three points uh, based on the performance. Uh, and they're very, very uh, potent when it comes to their, their attacking firepower as well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, not not least Becca Mikultadze, who you know, is, is leading the goal-scoring rankings and maybe arguably leading the votes for, for player of the season. Mm. Perhaps, um, you know... Perhaps there are some Western United players that might have a, a, a thing or two to us uh, say about that, not least Leo Lacroix. But um, those two are going to be an important matchup mm. on, on the weekend. Um, you know, they're going to have a hard time keeping... I know they've kept so many clean sheets this season, ground out so many 1-0 wins. As as Dylan said, they're, they're working on that. Um, they're starting to build more and more goals into their game. But I think they're going to have a hard time keeping the Jets scoreless this weekend. I think that, that back line whatever shape it takes up on the weekend is going to be under the pump. Um, and maybe, you know, maybe that might be a chance for Western United to take advantage of the amount of heat mm. that Newcastle Jets will bring in and strike on the counter, especially if we see Dylan Prius starting again on the wing. You know, he might, that someone like him with the speed that he's got at his disposal to, to get in those gaps that we know the Newcastle Jets can, can leave sometimes, mm. um, that, that might be a very fortuitous route to go for them. And that's why, despite having just talked them up, I think Western United are a really tough matchup mm. for the Newcastle Jets because they are so defensively solid, ostensibly able to repel most of that attacking firepower and then lethal on the counterattack and... They do leave spaces for you to break yeah. into the Jets. And they also are prone to a mistake or two playing out from the back. I think you can get at that back line, uh, especially by the man we've, we've talked to today, uh, Dylan Piraeus, you know, a bit of pace on the wing to get in behind, in between defender and fullback and uh, the likes of, of Diamante or Lustica to, to feed some mm. through balls through. It can be a, a really dangerous avenue to go. Well, and the other thing as well is that the Jets under Arthur Pappas like to, like to press quite high mm. as well and really try and put teams under the cosh early into the, you know, the, the phase of play. Western United are actually pretty handy with you know the defenders that they've got at their disposal, mm. pretty handy at, at distributing the ball as well. So I could very easily see them being able to work it around or play a ball up top to um, up top to Prijevic who can feed the runners either side of him. So yeah, I think it'll be a goal, a goal fest. 
I, I'm going to go out there and say it. I think I think Western United will win, but I reckon there's going to be a lot of goals for both teams. And we've seen goal fests in Ballarat before. Yeah. Notably, was it against MacArthur? I remember the Iker Guarachena show a couple of years ago. Yeah, that was unbelievable. That there, was been such a, a good few. day. I mean, it's always a good playing surface in Ballarat, tends to be. Um, a very nice pitch, so... Uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I think this is one of the the games of the season from a matchup perspective, and it should be a great occasion out there as well. Well, I, th- I mean, think we we can say all the the nice things about it that we want to. We do genuinely think it's mm. a good game, but nothing advertises uh, the quality of a contest potentially in store than one of the actual players, you know, Dylan Prius. We spoke to him earlier, saying that he's looking forward to this game. Mm. When someone who's studied the tape is in the thick of the action, you know, week in week out, is watching every A League game, like he said. Um, when he's looking forward to the game, when he thinks it's going to be good, he probably he probably knows. So uh, that's that's about as good as an advertisement that you could possibly hope for. And um, he gave a ringing endorsement of of Rene Krihin as well, a man mm. who hasn't played a huge part this season, as Dylan revealed. He hasn't played competitive football since April twenty twenty one. Mm. Uh, in, in until the last few weeks, when he's been making substitute appearances and, and did start against Perth Glory. Rene the Razzler, could he, could this be his opportunity to make his mark? See, that's all I was going to say to you, Josh. I wasn't going to reply with anything <laughs> other than Rene the Razzler. But, yeah, I think it certainly could be. Well, get your tickets. Get up to Ballarat. We're going to be making the journey, the FNR crew. So if you see us at the game, say hi. Chat to us about the green room, what you'd like to see coming up on the program as mm. well. As you said, Lockie, we've got the ideas whiteboard. We've got the COVID restrictions lifting now, so we're able to do more in-person stuff with the players, more fun chats over coffee like we, like we did with Stephen Lustiger today, and maybe even some, uh, some more interactive stuff uh, on pitch or off. Prospecting at mm. Sovereign Hill. With Western United player X. There we go. There's your, Panning ba- for goals. There's your Ballarat promo. Panning for goals with Alex Priovich. There we go. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing now as we head out. I'm going to walk over to the whiteboard and uh, get out the marker pen. Beautiful. All right. We'll see. We'll, let's see if, uh, if Western United can, can strike gold in the gold mining town this weekend. I, I better sign off Sorry, before, I, before I... Stick up the joint with more puns. (laughs) All right. Thank you so much for watching along here on The Green Room. We've had a lot of fun today. We hope you have too. A big thank you to Simmons Homes for supporting the program Mm. and a big thank you to Western United as well for giving us the opportunity to do these kinds of things. It's always really exciting for us. And uh, we look forward to speaking to you again next week after hopefully another three points in Ballarat. Western United, can they find something here? Big chance, Barisha! He's done it again! And it's a goal! Unbelievable! What about this? Dylan Piraeus, his first touch of the game. Sanchez! Western United do claim the three points! And Diamante again! Oh, he's done it! Twice! He's chipped a keeper! Presented by Simmons. It's the Green Room on FNR. Football Nation Radio.